Well, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for being here, whether you're watching from Pewaukee, joining us online, or everybody here in Waukesha. I'm happy to be with you this weekend as we continue our True North series. We're going to be in week two of our True North series. And the text we're going to be unpacking today comes from John chapter 10. And in the book of John, Jesus says seven I am statement. Seven times he says, I am followed by some way to describe who he is. And seven is the number of perfection, right? It's the number of complete fullness, uh, everything whole and, and good. That's what seven represents, right? We see that immediately in scripture, right? There's, there's seven days in the creation narrative, counting, right? God resting. There's, there's seven, right? Outside of scripture, there's seven continents, right? There's, there's seven notes in music. There's seven colors in a rainbow. There's, there's seven days for you to produce a whole new layer of skin every seven days, which is pretty gross if you ask me. That's weird. Uh, there's seven numbers in, in a phone number, which is because when they were picking the phone number, seven was the most amount of numbers that our brains could best retain. So that's, that's seven numbers in a phone number, right? There's, there's seven letters in the book of Revelation in the Bible. There's seven letters to seven churches. And then there's, there's 735. I wish it was just seven, 777. That'd be sweet. But there's like 730 or so instances of the number seven in Scripture, pretty cool, right? I mean, I mean, I think that that's no coincidence, that that's no just, wow, how did all that stuff happen? I think that that is the work of a perfect, complete, full God who seven times his son says, I am. He says seven times, right? He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door to the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine, and I am the resurrection and the life, giving us a complete, full, perfect image of who Jesus is. And so this week, we're going to be looking at another I am statement that Jesus says in John 10. And not only does he say one I am statement, I want you to pay attention because he actually says, he says two in the same breath. I get the text. Ben gave me the text where Jesus says two I am statements. Ben also gave me the weekend that's one year from when we quarantined and daylight savings. So thank you, Ben. I really appreciate it. Um, means a lot to me. I'm honored uh, to take on all three of those uh, in one. But we're going to be in John 10. And if it's okay with you, we're just going to jump right in, if that's okay. All right, we got about 10 verses to cover. So brace yourself. If, if you've got a Bible, you can read it, pull it up on your phone, whatever, or just sit back, relax, and listen. We're going to jump right in. It says this, John 10, starting in verse 7. Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. There's number one. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. I am the door. Uh, the chief comes only to, the thief, sorry, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a, a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me just as the Father knows me. And I know the sheep. And I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. I am the good shepherd. We all have a shepherd, right? We, we all have a, a leader. We all have an influence. We all have someone or something that we follow, something that we choose to be our true north, right? We all have a good shepherd. We all have a shepherd. It may not be the good shepherd, right? Ben talked last week about how there's true north and then there's magnetic north, right? And you can follow true north, you can follow magnetic north, but magnetic north, if you follow it long enough, it is going to lead you miles off of where you intended, miles off of what true north would have, where have led you. So the question that I want to ask for us today is, who is your shepherd? Who's your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Is work your shepherd? Is, is relationships your shepherd? Sports, culture, politics, academics, are you your own shepherd? Right? And not all of these things are bad, or some of them are, are good. They may be a, a good shepherd, but the issue is that they're not the good shepherd. So who is our good shepherd? I had a professor in college. His name is Dave Wheeler. This is me and Dave, senior year, uh, two days before, before I, I, I graduated. And, and, and that was Dave and I. And, and he, he taught a couple classes of mine. And he taught this one class. It was, it was just ministry stuff, pretty much is what it was. We just learned a ton of ministry stuff, church stuff. And one of the days was, was baptism day, which is the most Bible college thing ever, right? Where, and he actually told us, he said, everybody wear your bathing suits. And so everybody wore their bathing suits to class. And he walked us up to the campus pool and we all just dunked each other. Like me and my buddies were just dunking each other underwater. And he's like, yeah, get that formation right. You know what I mean? And that was, that was Dave. That's, that's his class. Like that's what we did all day. And, and after like two minutes of us dunking each other, he just yells, cannonball! And this old quirky dude just jumped in the pool and we had a pool party at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Like it, was, like it was nothing. Like that's who he is. But I tell you this to tell you just who he is, right? And he tells this story of when he was a pastor. And he led a, a, a funeral service for someone in the church. And after the funeral service, they had a big lunch for everybody there. And, and Dave was sipping his sweet tea and he was making his rounds and he was saying hi and sipping some more sweet tea. He was saying hi and sipping some more sweet tea and, and, and making his rounds and drinking the tea. And it came time for the funeral procession to head up to the graveside, right? And Dave's car was going to be leading everyone from the church. Everyone was following Dave, okay? And so when they leave, they're going up this road on a rainy day in Indiana, and it hits Dave about halfway through the drive right, that you can only hold sweet tea for so long until your body must respond. That's science, okay? And, and so Dave realizes, I got to go. 
And he pulls over, he finds some random exit and this rainy Illinois or Indiana highway and he, and, he, and he pulls off and he sees some outhouse shack of a bathroom. And he's like, that'll do, that's gotta do, right? We gotta get to the funeral. So he pulls off on this bumpy, dirty, muddy road and mud's getting all over his car and he gets out and he's running to the shack, right? And, he's, and his mud's getting all over his suit and he looks behind him. And there's 20 cars bumping up this road, mud all over their car, and they're shaking their head as he's running to the bathroom, right? And that's Dave. That's who he is. And he tells this story. And he told me this story, freshman year of college. And then he looked at us and he asked us, who are you following? Who are we following? Who is our shepherd? I'd like to convince you that it should be Jesus, right? Like, like that's what I'm trying to do, but, but I want to be able to tell you why he's so good, right? What makes Jesus so good? What makes this shepherd so good? I've got maybe three answers that I think will help us see this, but first is the good shepherd offers freedom. The good shepherd offers freedom, right? The text says this in John 10, that the shepherd offers us a, a, a pasture to roam freely, right, in and, and through. That's, that's what the good shepherd offers. He offers us a, a pasture and we can have life abundantly, right? And that word that's used there is, is zoe life, which means the good life life, which is only offered from the good shepherd. That's what he offers. And, and we sometimes, I think, I know for myself, have a hard time accepting this, right? We want to call the shots to our lives. We want to make the decisions for ourselves. We want to act based on our feelings. Well, God, I think I know what's best, right? We think we have our best intention. And so it's hard to submit and say, well, I don't know about letting you. And maybe that's, that's precisely the reason why we won't step in to a relationship with God is because you're like, well, I got these things and I think this things and what you're saying may be a little different and I don't know if I'm ready to give that up. But there's actually more freedom. Can I challenge you on this? There's more freedom in the fold. For, for, for a sheep in the fold, in the sheep fold that belongs to the shepherd, there's more freedom there than a sheep on its own, right? I'll say it this way. In any other circumstance, right? When we decrease, when we decrease our boundaries, we increase our chance of failure. When we decrease our boundaries, we increase our chance of failure, right? Driving on the mountainside, right? And there's the, the, the guardrail, there's everything, right? To protect you or making a fire, building a fire in the proper placements, right? When you decrease boundaries, you increase your chance of failure. And it's the same in any area of our lives, whether that's finances, whether it's relationships, work, sex, following our own desires, right? whatever it is, when we decrease our boundaries, we increase our chance of failure. However, I'll say it this way, is when we submit to God's boundaries, we set ourselves up for success. When we submit and say, God, I'm going to follow your boundaries, not my own, because sometimes we can be too strict on ourselves, or sometimes we're way too easy on ourselves, right? One of the two. But when we submit to God's boundaries, we set ourselves up for success, right? If I don't stick to my, the budget that my wife gives me, right, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy all the coffee and all the Chick-fil-A and all the shoes and all the random things I find on Amazon, right? I'm just, I, I need the boundaries, man. Like, we need boundaries, because we're no good. 
sorry, I, I know that's not the message you came to hear, but, but we're no good on our own, right? Like, I'm just a foolish sheep. You know what I mean? I'm not a good shepherd. We're not the good shepherd. We're just sheep. And that's a good thing. Like, be okay with that, right? I didn't come to give you bad news, but we're no good shepherd. We're a sheep. We're a foolish sheep in need of the good shepherd. And there's more freedom in the flock, right? To roam confidently in the pasture without worry. William Barclay said it this way. He said, Christian freedom does not mean being free to do as we like. It means being free to do as we ought. But it's not just what we think or what we want. It's being free to be able to live in the way that God had set for us, right? And we all love Jesus as, as Savior, right? Jesus who, who died on the cross and, and loves us and, and offers us this gift freely. We love Jesus as Savior, but we have a hard time with Jesus as Lord, Jesus who said, hey, you're going to have to follow me. You're going to have to obey my commands. It's going to take some submission to me as ruler, leader, uh, uh, the boss, if you will, of your life. That sounds less fun than just Jesus, a savior who, who died for us and loves us, but we can't have one without the other. Savior and Lord, they go together. You see, savior, Jesus says savior, gives us freedom, but Jesus as Lord gives us boundaries to live, boundaries to live by so that we can access and enjoy that freedom. That's what Jesus as Lord offer us. And, and for me, this is so hard. But I want to call the shots. God, God, God I, think, I think I have what's best. But let me encourage us. There is more freedom in a submitted life. True freedom is less about living carefree and more about being able to live stress-free. Right? It's, not about being, it's not about living careless, it's about being able to live fearless, right? To live in the pasture trusting that my good shepherd has got me. He offers freedom. Number two, he also, the good shepherd, provides a flock. The good shepherd provides a flock. We're not alone. That's encouragement, right? We're better together. Sheep in a flock, any, any sheep on its own is just a, a lonesome sheep, but a sheep in a flock has identity, right? It has purpose. It has, it has something to attach it to, itself to, to the, to the flock and to the shepherd. Say, I belong here, right? It has something to attach to. Growing up in San Diego, my family is, is Padres fans when it comes to baseball. Diehard Padres fans. Brewers can be my number two, okay? And we can all agree to boo the Dodgers. Amen. Thank you. Uh, let's just agree with that. But hey, if you've been in my office, you'll see I've got my, I got my Trevor Hoffman. Brewers fans can agree with that too, right? I got the Trevor Hoffman ball sitting on my desk. I got a baseball bat in my corner that my brother gave me, right? It's Padres for life, man. Now, let me catch you up if you're not a baseball person. That's not really something to brag about over the last 15 years, okay? Maybe even longer, but over the last year, it's pretty cool, right? We're a little bit better, Slam Diego. You know what I mean? It, it, there's a little more joy to attach to, right? Being a Padres fan growing up, it's kind of like eating Taco Bell at 11 p.m. It's fun in the moment. There's a lot of regret and disappointment later, okay? That's typically how it's going to end, okay? That's what it was watching baseball for me. But, but now it's something exciting to attach myself to. Like, eh, we're pretty good. Yeah, I'm a Padres fan. Always have, you know, always have been. But now it's something exciting that I can attach myself to. And in the same way, that's our prayer. That's what we hope RG represents. 
is that this is a place for all people. This is a place for anyone to come and and belong and find community, to find groups, to find hope and purpose in Jesus, right? We say we're a come as you are church. And I would even say that we're a you belong before you believe church. That it doesn't matter what you were doing last year, last month, last week, or last night. You are welcome in this place. And before you accept Jesus, let me encourage you, he accepts you just as you are. He says, I want you just the way you are. And that is how we hope this place can be. A place for all people to come and belong, to find purpose and identity in Jesus. The text says says this, right, about the good shepherd. He says, I know my own and my own know me. And then he goes on to say, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. There's two parts, two parts to this. Uh, uh, sheep that are in the flock, right? That's the first part, right? They, they, they know his voice. They know the shepherd. How do you know something? How do you know anything? You learn it. Right? You, have, you have to learn something before you can, you can know it. And in the same way as, as sheep, as, as, as people right, wondering, uh, asking about God, we want to learn him. We want to learn his voice so that we can know his voice. And that comes through an intentional relationship. It comes through constant communication. Right? Following Jesus is not just a weekend thing. It is a daily commitment to be transformed by him, to be used by him. Right? That's what it means. And so often I find myself going, God, why don't, why don't you speak to me? God, would you give me clarity? God, would you give me clear direction? God, what do you want me to do? God, would you speak to me? And God's looking at me. He goes, would you listen? listen. Would you listen? Learn the voice of God. And so if you're like me and you're wrestling with those questions, I'd encourage you, listen. Listen. Maybe that looks like some quiet time in the morning or getting outside or meditating or reading scripture or spending time in, in prayer, talking to him, but not just talking. Don't, don't do all the talking. <laughs> Listen. Do you want to learn my voice? Listen. See, because following Jesus, it's not just about, it's not just about understanding our role as sheep, but it's about being transformed daily into the likeness of the good shepherd. But the sheep weren't, weren't called to stay the way they were when the shepherd found them. It's not just about taking our role as sheep, it's about being transformed into the likeness of the good shepherd. So will you learn his voice? The second part is that there's sheep who belong, right? How the verse phrase it, right? He has other sheep. There's sheep who belong, but they're not in that flock yet. Those sheep, and, and, and maybe that's you. Let me explain this real quick. They're off roaming in other, in other flocks. They're off following other, other shepherds. They're off living their own lonesome sheep life, just batting around, you know, doing their own thing. Yet they still belong to the good shepherd. He says, they're still mine, Right? And, and that's the encouragement for you. Wherever you're at in your relationship, in your walk, in your journey to Jesus, 
God still accepts you, right? You still belong. You are still his. I'll say it this way, right? We will always be his sheep. Will he be your good shepherd? We'll always be a sheep. You'll always be a child of God. You'll always be loved. You'll always be accepted. But will you allow him to be your good shepherd? And we need him. Because alone, we're prone to wander. We're prone to wander into the wrong pastures and into the wrong places. We're prone to wander into the wrong flocks and groups of people. We're prone to wander behind the wrong shepherd or leaders or influencers. We're prone to wander off alone. And the good shepherd says, you weren't meant to do life alone. You were meant to do life in a good flock. And a good flock comes from a good shepherd. That's the invitation. Wherever you're at on the journey with Jesus. Maybe it's, it's joining an alpha group. We're launching alpha groups after Easter. And maybe that's your next step. Maybe that's the invitation you need. Maybe it's, it's just picking up a habit of, of learning God's voice. Maybe it starts with, with going through our Easter reading plan that you can find through, through the website, whatever it is, right? Maybe, maybe it's joining a team to serve on a maybe. It's for the first time making that faith decision to say, God, I'm gonna give my life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna join this flock. I'm gonna accept you as good shepherd. We're gonna be having baptisms on Easter weekend. You can sign up. To, to, to be baptized. All you got to do is text baptism to this number right here. That's all you got to do. And, and you'll get set up. We can walk you through that. You can ask questions, whatever it is for you. How can you step in to your identity, to your role as a sheep in the flock of the good shepherd? The third thing that he offers, this is what makes him so good, is that the good shepherd fights for us. The good shepherd fights for us. Notice how before, right, I said there were two I am statements. And if you caught them, the, the second was I am the good shepherd. But before Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he says, I am the door to the sheep. I am the door to the sheep. This is a picture of where the shepherds used to, uh, used to sleep at night. And as you can see, right, he's chilling. He's chilling in the, in the door, to the sheepfold. And, and so all the sheep are, are in here and, 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 and they're safe and they're okay. Why? Because they have a door. More, they have a, a, a shield, a, a, a guardian, right? They've got someone, a good shepherd, standing in the door. And he would lay there at night while the sheep would sleep. So that when robbers or, or wolves especially would, would, would show up to the pasture, the shepherd was aware. The shepherd was ready. The shepherd knew, I got my sheep. My sheep are going to be good in there, but I'm going to take care of them. Right? He's standing in the way so that the wolves, the robbers, whoever can't get to the sheep. And so many of us, I think, feel like we're fighting. We're fighting a fight that we don't actually have to fight. We're fighting to keep our finances somewhere above drowning. We're fighting to keep our families, our, our friendships, our relationships together. We're fighting to, to, to break addictions. We're, we're fighting to, to maybe just find purpose. 
We're asking, well, what's the point? Is there even a, a point in, in living in this life? We're fighting loneliness and, and the lack of, of community. We're, we're battling our, our mind and, and anxieties and worries. We're fighting. And if you're like me, you're tired. We're tired of fighting. But here's our hope is that the good shepherd came to fight. That the good shepherd is standing in the way, right? In Psalm 23, it says it best, right? It says this, that the good shepherd, right? I have a good shepherd. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So be encouraged that you have a good shepherd who came to fight for you, who came to fight on your behalf, right? And and I imagine the sheep who are in the fold, they still have some fear, right? That they can hear that the wolves are coming. And so there's still a sense of fear, right? There's still a sense of of anxiety and and, and worry, right? But, But the real battle is going on outside of the fold. The real battle is outside of our control. And just like the psalmist writes, is that is that we're not facing the battle of death, we're just in the shadow. Of death. We're going through the valley of the shadow of death while the good shepherd is fighting death itself for us. That's why he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. So, so, so your fight is real. Your feelings are, are valid. Your fears are heard. But find hope that you're only in the shadow. You're only in the shadow of death. While God is fighting for you, we may hear the sound of the battle, but our faith is in the good shepherd who is fighting the battle for us. So stop, let go. It's in his hands. It's in his hands. Whatever it is that that, that you're carrying right now, Whatever fear or or, or worry or or pain that you you came in here carrying, whatever the thing is that almost kept you from coming this weekend, whatever the thing is that you're worried about having to go home to after this and deal with, whatever it is, the thing that you're dreading, waking up Monday morning having to face, let go. It's not your fight. It's a good shepherd who's fighting for you. And this shepherd, our God, is a God in constant, loving, reckless pursuit of his people, of his sheep. Jesus later says in Matthew 18, he says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountain? 
and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it. You know, the first question that was asked by God, recorded in Scripture, it's in Genesis. It's in the Garden of Eden, after he created, right, man and Adam and Eve. It's after they sin. They've already sinned. And the first question that God asks, it wasn't, why'd you do that? It wasn't, what's wrong with you? It wasn't, how could you? The first question that God asks man is where are you? Not because he didn't know. He's God. He knew. He didn't ask because he didn't know. He asked because he wanted them to know. He asked because he wanted them to know that there is a God, that there is a shepherd who is in pursuit of his people. Where are you? And that's the good shepherd constantly coming after his sheep, constantly coming after his people, saying, I'm offering you freedom. I'm going to provide you with a flock and I'm going to fight for you. That's what makes him so good. That's what makes him the good shepherd. He offers freedom. That freedom calls for obedience and trust. And the result is, is joy. He provides a flock that gives us a place, a people, and a purpose to belong to. And he came to fight so that you wouldn't have to. He came to die so that you could live. That's what makes him so good. So I'll ask you again what Dave Wheeler asked me after the story of him driving through the mud. Who are you following? Who are you following? Will you make the decision for the first time to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Are you following true north or, or is it just magnetic north? Or, or are you going through the motions? Are you actually allowing this good shepherd to transform you into his likeness? Who are you following? And will you let it be the good shepherd? Heavenly Father, God, we thank you God, we thank you for being the good shepherd at all times. God, even when we were foolish sheep, when we were lost in our own ways, when we were, were wander, God, as we're prone to do, God, you stepped down. God, you sent your son, the, 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 the son, the story that we celebrate in just a few weeks. God, you sent your son as a good shepherd but also as, as, as a sheep to, to, to die for us, right? That's who you are. You're a good shepherd. So God, would we, maybe for the first time, step in to our identity, step in to our call to be a sheep, 
God, maybe we've been doing this for a while, and God, would you stir in us something new? God, God would you transform us into your likeness? God, would, would, would we follow in obedience to receive the freedom that you offer? God, would we maybe take a bold step in our faith to find community so that we can unlock our purpose? God, would we let go and trust that the good shepherd, that you, Jesus, God, creator of the world, are fighting for us. God, you're the good shepherd. So we follow you as your sheep, as your children. In Jesus' name, amen.